Welcome to Women and Manufacturing, where accomplished women interview accomplished women. So welcome to the first Riveting Exchange podcast brought to you by Women in Manufacturing. And I'm your co-host, Andrea Olson, and I'm here with Desiree Graves. Do you want to say hello? Hello, and we're glad to welcome everyone to this podcast. We hope you'll find value. We're going to be discussing finding a mentor to fill the gaps. Yes, that's today's topic, and and our podcast format is going to be really casual. We're going to have a really deep exchange on a wide variety of topics that uh, women face uh, in the manufacturing industry, and we thought that mentorship was a really good one to start off with because a lot of people actually underutilize mentors and mentoring. You know, absolutely. Um, and one of the things that I've I've seen personally, Desiree, is that uh, I accidentally uh, acquired a mentor throughout my career within manufacturing. It was a colleague uh, that was actually the COO, so he was kind of in a different department than I, um, and had been actually the head of a very large manufacturing organization prior to working with me. And he just kind of took me under his wing uh, on, on, unintentionally. Um, and it really blossomed into a great mentor-mentee relationship, and it really changed the trajectory of, of how I looked at myself, how I engaged with the organization, and really helped me identify some of the big gaps that I had that, that maybe I didn't even see. I didn't even realize that I needed a mentor. You know, I thought I could figure everything out on Google or I could uh, ask a friend and get everything figured out that way or just uh, kind of bore the burden, you know. Um, and, and I think that's one of the big problems is how do you identify what you need? Where do you start? Well, and Andrea, I think you're one of the lucky ones that you actually had someone take you under their wing. I mean, I've had some great bosses, um, some great colleagues in my career, but I never really had that mentor even for a specific period of time. But my experience, like yours, was filling the gaps. If I had a situation where it was my first time doing something or I realized I didn't know something about a particular aspect of the business, I would go looking for someone to help me with that particular topic. And I think you, you hit on a really important point there. What a mentor can do for you and your career is they can fill those gaps in your resume, your experience, your skill set. And, you know, one of the things that we always learn about when we're taking business classes is a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And, you know, as a marketing professional, Andrea, you can speak to the importance of a SWOT analysis when you're developing your strategy. But I would make the argument that you can do a SWOT analysis on your own personal brand and where you're at in your career and where you want to go. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, completely, completely, you know, and it's something we don't think about. We think about all these business tools and analysis tools, and we think continually externally, which is fantastic. But the problem is sometimes it's the forest through the trees issue. You don't realize what you don't know, and you don't realize what you don't see every day. You know, and going back to that that personal 360, you know, it's incredibly important. And, and I'll go back to my story about uh, my mentor a little bit. You know, he 
knew about my background. He worked with me indirectly. And uh, I would always bring different ideas to the table with him. You know, we would just have candid conversations about ways we can improve the business or business operations. And through those conversations, he said, you know what? I don't know how much you know about these subjects, but to help you be successful, here's the three subjects you need to actually make sure that you know inside and out. And there were two of them that I wasn't really deep on. You know, I was familiar with and had engaged with, but I didn't know enough that I could use that as a tool for communications with other departments. And those types of insights are incredibly important. And they come from customers. They come from coworkers. They come from mentors, formal and informal. And it's about being open and getting that information and that feedback. And, you know, the biggest challenge can be, how do then do I sort and prioritize all that feedback? You know, where do I prioritize my investment in actually building myself up, expanding my skill sets, and using a mentor to advance my soft and hard skills? You know, whether that's through additional education or just, uh, you know, those soft things that people don't even think about, communications. Well, you know, one of the things you can look at is short-term, medium-term, and long-term goals. And the other mm. thing you can look at, quite frankly, is, you know, what's low-hanging fruit? There is some type of feedback that may cause you to just make a slight adjustment in the way you approach yeah. people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, very early in my career, I was told that people found me intimidating. Now, oh, I have really? not had... Yeah, I've not had that um, comment made to me in probably 20 years, but when I first started the career, my career, yeah. I got that a f- several times. And, you know, I tried to drill down into, well, why are you saying that or what makes you say that? And sure. I found myself just oversteering to be really friendly, really outgoing, make sure I always had a smile on my face. And Oh, yeah. You know, things like that, you know, that's an easy fix. But there might be something that is more long-term. You know, maybe you need to go back and get your um, master's degree if you want to continue to climb the corporate ladder. Maybe you're having trouble reading um, a financial statement, and you just need to Mm -hmm. schedule time with someone in that department maybe sit down with them for a couple hours, maybe over one or two sessions, and get some clarity on how to do that. I would make the argument that if there's something that's an easy fix, do that now. Don't wait. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no reason to. And I think a lot of people actually fear doing that outreach for the fact that, I don't want to say they'll be, uncovered or discovered the fact that they they don't know something you know and I think people hide that I think they try to assume I need to go find out everything I need to know or hide the fact that I need to to learn this information and a mentor is a great soft way to do it you know it's the opportunity to say gosh you know I don't know anything about financial statements I just need a primer I was sitting with the CFO and nodding my head pretending I knew what he was saying and had no idea and you don't want to put yourself in that situation. You want to be armed. Well, absolutely. And I think people can sniff out if you're faking it. I, I know a lot right. of people like the phrase, fake it till you make it. But yeah, yeah. I think pe- people respond to authenticity and they respond to humbleness. 
And frankly, you know, if you ask someone for help or you ask someone for their opinion, that is a very tangible form of flattery that isn't oh, sure. the, the phony brown nosing type. Yeah, so, it shows a level of respect too. You know, I mean, just for someone to come to you and say, "Hey, I, I'd love your opinion, help, support." Oh, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I asked you, oh, not too long ago, to take a look at an article I was considering posting um, because I appreciate the way that you handle the written word and business communications, and I wanted a gut check on what I was putting together. So. You know, and when people reach out to me, I mean, it's flattering. And generally, people like to be asked um, for their opinion. And to your point, that's a great way to find a mentor is to say, hey, you're a subject matter expert or you yeah. are someone I really admire and respect. I I like what your career has been. And, you know, when I grow up, I want to be like you. So you could select a mentor based on where they're at in their career, um, if they do something particularly well. So it could be a subject matter expert. It could be situational. You don't Mm -hmm. need to limit yourself to, oh, my boss needs to be my mentor. Right, right. And sometimes that can be a slippery slope because that, you know, you sometimes don't want to be in that position of vulnerability with the boss. Um, and it depends on who the boss is. And and I would argue that, you know, my mentor, one of the most insightful things, because there was a lot of different folks that I would outreach to as an informal mentor, right? We're not saying a, a formal relationship where you are signed up to be my mentor. Everyone in the organization, to an extent, was a mentor based on their subject matter expertise. But that more formal mentor, he gave me a new perspective on the business and business operations. So there's tactical mentors that you say, hey, like your example, uh, can you read through this article? Can you read through this piece? I don't know if I framed it or positioned it correctly. Want a second opinion. But then there's those other mentors that can say, here's the big picture view. And he gave me insight to think about not just my department and what I was heading and what I was trying to accomplish with my goals, but what my involvement and activity did to help grow the business at a bigger level. What were those big opportunities to transform either the operations of the business, the culture, the function? How does the business make money? And you know, a lot of folks, especially like in marketing and sales, are kind of looking at that short-term cycle sometimes. And we're both in that same department. But you know, it's to understand that, hey, listen, there's areas of profitability that vary is something that in, in my background within marketing and communications and employee engagement had never been top of mind. So it just gave me a whole new perspective. And I think mentors can really bring brand new things like that to the table. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes you might want a mentor internal to the company, Uh, specific to some of the examples you've talked about, but there might be a case where you want a mentor external to the company. Maybe Mm -hmm. you're part of a team and you're looking at, um, you know, transforming a customer service organization into an inside sales organization, and you may want to have an expert in organizational change, or you may want to bring in an expert on something else, 
to not just help you, but to help the organization. And, right. you know, sometimes, sometimes, too, organizations, they promote from within. You may have a culture that is, I don't want to say incestuous, but you may have a culture where a lot of people have been brought up and have a lot of um, seniority, but they're also in a culture that they aren't thinking differently. And it might right. be that the organization or the department would benefit from that. Oh, exactly. Or you might be, exactly. Yeah, or you, or you might be that person. You might be that 20-year employee that wants to move up. And, you know, you're like, well, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do in the way we've always done it. Maybe you need a fresh perspective. Yeah, I mean, and sometimes, you know, as we we're talking about, it's not something you can just simply Google. And, and find a new way. You're, you're oftentimes going to find the way that everyone else is doing it. And if you are looking for something that's innovative or you're looking to say, I, I want to be more innovative, I want to generate more ideas, it is about getting more points of exposure from different perspectives. You know, and a mentor can also be that person that if you want to float an idea by them, they need to be the one to tell it to you straight. You know, it needs to oh, absolutely. be a relationship where you can be completely candid go, I got this crazy idea, and they go, uh, maybe not, you know. Or they might say, hey, I see where you're going, but did you consider X, Y, or Z? And you're going to go, I didn't. And I think mentors, it's it's not about, you know, a teacher-student um, relationship. It is about a candid, fluid conversation where you can bring up a variety of things and basically have someone to bounce things off of, you know, and that you should really drive that relationship because you're the one that's really needing to to, to grow and expand, right? That's your intent. But you need to be respectful of that person's time as well and understand that if you're going to ask them to even go to coffee or lunch and bounce ideas off of them, you know, how are you going to pay it back to them for that time and effort? Well, and I do think that's where the mentee, to your point, not only drives the relationship, but they own the schedule. They own respecting mm. the individual's time and they own scheduling mm-hmm. the meetings. So, if someone is asking another individual to mentor them, they need to be up front. Hey, this is what I would like to talk to you about. I need an hour right. of your time. And, you know, I'd like to circle back with you after the event that I'm requesting mentoring or coaching on. But they need to take the responsibility. Being a mentee is not a passive relationship you need to not not only be the one driving it but you need to be specific about what you're looking for be specific about the time commitment involved and Mm -hmm. be the one to to make the schedule and then respect the schedule oh totally agree totally agree i mean that that mentor is not a shoulder to cry on right that's what friends are for no you know it's much more about you know, having that conversation, and it also doesn't have to be something that's highly structured. You know, my my mentor, who I'm still actively engaged with, even though we have parted ways and are going completely different directions, uh, we we talk on maybe an, a month every other month basis, and sometimes it's just even a little note: "How's it going? Anything I can help you with?" Or I'll shoot him an email and say, "Hey." 
got this idea, just wanted to run it by you. And it's not a pressure thing. It's just like having that relationship where you have someone you can bounce things off of or ask questions about in a very safe format. Well, and that that's the key, too. It is safe. There is a mutual level of trust and respect and confidentiality oh, that, yes, needs, that needs to be respected because, you know, sometimes a mentor may share something with you where they learned from, their, from experience, and you need to respect that that may be sensitive information that isn't shared lightly on, like, a Facebook post. It, it's something that's told in confidence one-on-one in a personal level that is a, a teaching moment. And, and there are cases, right. too, where there could be reverse mentoring. You know, mentoring is not just for people that are mid-career level. Mm-hmm. It could be for someone who's new in their career. And it could be a case where um, there might be a, a two-way street with mentoring. So maybe you are one of those millennials that's got a mentor who's Gen X or a baby boomer. And there may be a case where they may want to say, hey, I'd like to know how someone of your generation would respond to X or Y. So it right. can very likely right. be a two-way street, not, not just a, a one-way um, I do want to touch on something that, that we talked about when we were preparing for this podcast. Sure. Which is, if you are new and you don't have an established network, but you're looking for some expertise or some help or some guidance, I, I want to point out that this is where social media is a really valuable tool. And I'm, I'm going to give you a couple examples here where, where that could, could work out. My sister went to law school, and she was looking for an opportunity to clerk. That's, you know, kind of a formal law internship. It's a rite of passage. It's a resume builder. Mm -hmm. So she she tapped into her alumni network, and that was how she found a very prestigious government official to clerk for, someone with um, an extremely robust – resume he'd been publicly elected and very active in the judicial system and Mm -hmm. it was through her alumni network so you know a 21 22 23 year old could find an opportunity and a mentor by leveraging alumni organizations sororities or fraternities other groups that they've been a member of and you know i would point out even if you are new in your career you can leverage the power of linkedin as well and you, you oh, really yeah. should. Yeah, and it's an it, invaluable resource. And, you know, along with that, there are within LinkedIn and, of course, outside of LinkedIn, there are a ton of industry groups, oftentimes have subgroups or even networking yeah. groups. And that's a great place to tap to start building that network. You know, another opportunity oftentimes is overlooked, and this might be on the little more hard skill side is colleges and universities and tech schools. You know, if there's something specific that that you need, let's go with the the finance example. You know, you want to shore up on that. There is nothing wrong with building a relationship with a professor uh, in a business school and say, hey, you know, looking to get somebody to bounce some ideas off of, got questions. And also it does give you an opportunity to understand those programs that they offer. And that might be something you decide, I do need to get some more formal training on. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can audit a class. You can pay to take a class. Or you could simply tap into a professor. And, you know, there may need to be some quid pro quo down the road. But, um, you know, if it's your alumni, maybe you graduated with a a Marcom degree, but you're finding you need that finance, it it would be very easy to go back to your alma mater and say, hey, you know, who's chair of the finance department? I'm going to reach out and see if there's someone that would be willing to visit with me for an hour or two, you know, maybe over a break. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's a fantastic idea. You know, and I'd say that, as people go through identifying what they need as, as a mentor network, let's say, um, as time goes on and you become, and this is what I've personally seen, change and adapt and grow, your, your mentor needs change as well. And if you pick a mentor and you say, that's my mentor, it doesn't mean that that mentor is going to be suitable as your career and experiences change. And I think a lot of people, you know, overlook that. They don't think about it. They've checked that box and they want to kind of move on to the next thing. That's very true. Um, You know, we spoke earlier about mentors being situational. You know, maybe it's coaching with presentation skills, but but it could be that you do outgrow your mentor. Um, There are cases where people are now the boss of someone they used to report to. Right. You know, and obviously you always want to be respectful, but you know, you you may have outgrown that individual as far as them being a formal mentor. And that's okay. There there's nothing wrong with that. Um and you know, and that's there a good is point because how do how do you then identify that and how do you know when to move on? You know, how and how do you make that transition? I, I think, honestly, if, if you feel your conversations are going through the motions, and it's not just a one-off, but, boy, you know, I've met with them three times now, and I don't feel like I'm really getting anything additional out of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their time is of value, too. So that may be time to say, you know, I'm going to take a break from our meetings. Um, I'm not so sure I, I need this, you know, monthly or quarterly cadence. But mm-hmm. I'd like to leave the door open, you know, for future communications. Are, are you okay with that? You know, there's a, just like there's a tactful way to leave a conversation at a party. Oh, there's sure. A, a tact, there's, there's a tactful way to say, hey, you know, we don't need to meet as often or I don't think we need to meet anymore. But I, you definitely want to be respectful. You want to thank people and you never want to shut that door. You know, you don't want right. to burn bridges. Oh, no. Oh, no. And it's, you know, I think it's, you're so right, but I think it's really driven also by having that self-awareness. You know, if you have a network of mentors, if you just even have a network of people that you engage with, as over time, as your needs change, as your skill sets change, you might pull somebody in that you never thought would be a mentor and you go, yep, they're an expert in this subject matter. And now I'm ready to have that mentor-mentee relationship with them. But you, I think you'll never know that you outgrow a mentor unless you constantly have new inputs and are constantly kind of reassessing, hey, where am I at? What am I good at? What do I need help with? Where can I improve? And just really building that, as I said, self-awareness of knowing what you need and what you don't. Well, just like companies don't do one SWOT analysis and quit, I, right. I think you need to do that with yourself as well. You know, you yeah. get annual performance appraisals. 
So you might want to conduct a SWOT analysis on yourself every three to five years or oh, when you're sure. looking to change yeah. roles, when you're looking to get promoted, or when you've taken on a new job. I had hired a, a sales guy a few years ago who came out of engineering, but he wanted to get into sales. You know, very engaging uh, man. But what Hank did, and this so impressed me, at his one-year anniversary, he went around to all of his customers, and he said, hey, um, it's been a year. I've really enjoyed working with you, but I'd like to know how I'm doing. Is is there anything oh, you'd fantastic. like to see me do? Oh, it was brilliant. You know, is there anything yeah. you'd like to see me do different or better? And it, there was a couple tweaks here or there, but the very fact that he asked, he got so much respect and credibility out of caring enough to ask. Right. That. Right. And, and the feedback he got, while it was more tweaking, because he was doing a really good job, th- yeah. that's still tweaking that's going to make him better. But you could do exactly. the same thing. If you're, you know, if you're new to an organization, you, know, you could go ask the uh, finance department or the production department and say, hey, you know, I've been here a year. I'm VP of uh, sales what can I do to be a better partner to you in production? Or what do you need to see from me that would help you be successful? And you can solicit that kind of 360-degree feedback, and that's going to give you a roadmap of what you need to work on, what gaps you need to fill, what your next personal stretch assignment might be. Right, right. You know, and that's just a brilliant idea because, there's so many organizations that to even today still function in silos. And sometimes unwittingly, people in different departments really cause pain and anguish for other departments because they don't realize the impact that they have. You know, they send a file in a certain format, someone receives it, and every time they have to reformat it to work with whatever system they're working with. Such a pain, right? And so then that builds that animosity. And as a new person, you might not realize those nuances. And going through and identifying that because you did a SWOT analysis and you said, hey, what can I do to make your life easier? Someone's going to say, oh, something tactical. And you go, that is simple. And that's a very rudimentary example. But then that can elevate to communication. That can elevate to strategy. That can elevate to things that you go, I never considered this. This is an area where I can personally improve. And then it can go both ways. You can say, hey, what can I do to be a mentor for you? And you might not want to phrase it that way, or maybe you do. It doesn't matter. But how can you help them as well in kind? And then that kind of really helps the organization as an entire system. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, hey, if you do someone a solid, you know, one of my roles, um, I had customer service reporting to me. And they were constantly calling the engineering department with technical questions. So I sat down with the head of engineering and said, hey, um, this seems like it's taking up a lot of your guys' time. You know, tell me about the impact. And he's, you know, he told me, my gosh, you know, we we can't always even plan our day. One day we might have one call. One day we might have six. And I said, well, what do you think about, doing some base level product training with the CSRs 
so they don't have to bother your people. And what do you think about a project where one of your engineers could build FAQs, frequently asked questions, that we could put on our website for self-service? You know, would that help you out? And then, you know, the answer there was yes, but in another mm -hmm. world, it could be, hey, what do you need from me? And then the question would be, what can I do for you in return? You know, right. you've helped me out by explaining finance to me. What can my department or what could I do for you? So you can exactly. pay it back or, or better yet, pay it forward. Oh, completely. You know, it's, it's building that circle because that builds a network. That builds your own personal brand. And there's just no downside to it. So, you know, I, I look at it as, as mentorship or being a mentor or mentoring someone is a behavior. It's not a, a, a solo activity that, like going to work out, okay, I have to do that today. I'm going to check the box. I got to go down there at 4 o'clock and I got my, you know, hour workout. Mentoring is really almost a communication process between you and, and many people. And that certain ones, you actually just have that deeper dive. You build that deeper relationship. You know they have an area of expertise or skill that you don't have. And you start maybe gently formalizing that. And it doesn't have to be a signed agreement. You know, it doesn't have to be a set meeting. It's something where, to your point, and we talk about this, that, that you're driving that relationship. And, and new opportunities always arise out of that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the, the component of being a mentee is it helps you build yourself both personally and professionally, but being a mentor is an opportunity to get some personal fulfillment and gratification out of giving someone else a helping hand. And I personally think the best way to pay back a mentor if you can't actually do a favor for them in return, although, you know, a well-worded thank you note is never a bad idea, but <laughs> mentor someone else. Take the knowledge that you have gained and the experience that you've developed in your career, and if, if someone asks you to help them, be willing to do so. Make time to pay it forward and, you know, you can thank that man or woman that helped you 10, 15, 20 years ago by helping today's person that is asking for it. Or in some cases, you might just see someone who needs help with something. And you can say, hey, I've noticed that um, you're not really comfortable presenting in front of a group. Would you like me to help you out with that? I've been doing this a long time. Maybe I've got a trick or two up my sleeve that would make it easier for you and you'd be more successful. Right. You can right. pay it forward and pay back all those people that helped you out. Oh, you know, as you should. And, and I would say, you know, I'm going to throw out my final thought, and I'll give you a second right after I'm done here. But, you know, I am a mentor uh, at the University of Iowa's entrepreneurial school, um, and I do a lot of volunteering that way. And one of the things that I found fascinating about being a mentor is that you can get and meet some folks on the ground level that are just starting out in their career, and you have no idea where they're going to go. And so you might be part of something really big that you just don't know until five or ten years pass. And in addition, 
you get these new perspectives, especially from a younger millennial audience, that you go, I never considered even that as a concept, much less an actionable idea. And then you bring those ideas with you to a mentor-mentee relationship where you have a mentor and say, hey, you know, I heard about this or I have that. And now you have this 360-degree perspective just because you expose yourself to a wide variety of people in these mentor and mentee relationships. So there's just no downside. It really helps with the innovation process, the personal growth process, and even the self-awareness and self-fulfillment process. What are your thoughts? I agree with everything you said. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. I have been actively involved in an industry association as well as a subgroup of that that is specifically targeted towards women, which, as we all know, women in manufacturing, we do tend to be a little bit of a minority in the group. Yeah, and sure. what's been very interesting to me, I changed jobs not quite six months ago, And several of these young women that I've spoken to um, or volunteered with, been involved with at some of these association meetings and um, these groups that are designed specifically to to help other women, some of them work for this company. It's been really gratifying and comfortable to come into an organization where I already know a handful of people. I would never have guessed that my path would twist and turn the way it has and that people I was helping simply because I, I wanted to would mm-hmm. be in a position to help me in return, make me feel comfortable, offer to help me navigate the new large organization. So you, you never really know what's going to come back to you. And, you know, sometimes too mentoring can help you appreciate what you have and how far you've come. I I think sometimes um, we do all get caught up in what do I need to work on? What's the next step? And and we don't necessarily also stop to be grateful and appreciative and, you know, maybe take a moment to pat ourselves on the back. And and sometimes, yeah. And if, if you're helping someone out or mentoring someone, you can say to yourself, hey, I remember when I was struggling with how to read a financial statement, and Mm -hmm. it's not a problem for me now. So how gratifying is it to say, hey, I conquered this, and I'm going to help someone else conquer it. So I think with those kinds of thoughts that we don't know where our path is going to lead and that mentoring it's not just a, a professional thing. It can be very personally gratifying. I, I would encourage any of our listeners to look for a mentor and be willing in turn to be a mentor themselves. Oh, most definitely. And I think, you know, and I don't want to speak for you, but I think we'd be both happy uh, for any of our listeners to reach out if they're looking for a mentor and we are happy to be that mentor or make some recommendations or both. Absolutely. Um, And if, you know, I can't help someone with a particular situation or just with general career path, if I know someone that's got an area of expertise that would be helpful, I'm always happy to connect people. It's actually fun and rewarding to make those introductions. And, hey, you know, between the two of us, Andrea, 
If we don't have that skill set between us, I bet we have someone in our network that does. Oh, for sure. No question on that. Uh, any other so, closing thoughts, Desiree? No, I was going to say on that note, uh, as always, it's been a pleasure to talk about issues that face women in manufacturing. I hope this was a riveting exchange for our listeners. And Andrea and I can be found on LinkedIn or through the Women in Manufacturing website. If anyone has questions, comments, or is looking for a mentor. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Women and Manufacturing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.